0: The following podcast is brought to you by The Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me okay? (laughs) Uh, It's nice to see you. Um, For those of you I haven't met, uh, my Dharma name is Fusho, and I'm a senior student here at the Village Zendo. I'm really glad that we could meet up here online on this very bright, lovely fall morning. Uh, but I have to admit my heart is aching to be able to sit together uh, back in our in our physical Zendo. So I hope that that can happen soon as well. So I've brought an update from my world. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure many of you might not know. Some of you might know. The last few months, uh, I've found myself sitting in the midst of an early stage breast cancer diagnosis. And now I'm in the middle of a series of chemo treatments. And we're doing... um, a standard course of two different types of chemo treatments every other week over the course of about four months. And this is being done um, before surgery. And then there's potentially radiation treatment and then definitely hormone treatment for about five years after that. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm in the first phase here, so. Um, there's all kinds of weird, uh, side effects with the chemo and lots of vivid transformations. And it's been a bit surreal, I have to say, because except for the side effects, I don't feel sick. Um, I feel quite healthy and I've been getting better and better shape actually (laughs) is one way to get in shape. Um, But I know that without this treatment, I would more than likely uh, die. So I'm doing my best to embrace the treatment and the excellent care I'm getting, Um, but it's strange and very humbling experience and can be quite scary. It's definitely one of the most challenging things I've been through, Um, but I can say for sure I think it would be a lot, a lot harder if I didn't have this practice. So um, some of the ways I've been dealing or responding or taking care, I guess you could say, include daily bike rides, lots of Zazen and additional sitting and meditation by myself with myself, for myself. Um, doing Pilates online with a very dear friend who happens to be an instructor one-on-one. Not drinking alcohol. I'm eating healthier and cleaner than I've ever eaten. Um, massage therapy, regular therapy, you know, sometimes crying, sometimes laughing, sometimes shouting on my bike ride across across the Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> um I'm still working on the lowdown I'm working on the screenplay taking jokes all kinds of jokes from everywhere I can from everybody um and weekend trips with my sweetie whenever we can as a diversion so I like to say I've never been in such good bad shape um on my daily bike rides first thing in the morning, we go up the steep incline of the Williamsburg bridge and across to Brooklyn along Kent and then Flushing and along the Navy yard and up another incline to come back across the Manhattan bridge and back through Chinatown and then home. And it's really, um, it's been a huge, huge booster, just something to focus on and clear the mind and, It's really been keeping me going and um, a lot like you might find when you have a regular Zazen or meditation practice. I found I'm, I'm a very different person each morning when I start out on the bike and when I return home and I'm obviously a very different person since we started doing this ride regularly uh, this past spring before the diagnosis. And every morning on the ride is totally different. The light's different. The wind's different. um, The air's different. The sun comes up at a different time. We pass different people on the path. My mood is different. My energy is different. You know, everything changes quite a bit, depending on what's arising in front of me. So I happened upon this koan, around the time of this diagnosis. And I've been thinking about it ever since. Um, It's from the Book of Serenity. It's called, Dangshan is Unwell. When Dangshan was unwell, a monk asked, you are ill teacher, but is there anyone that does not get ill? And Dangshan said, there is. The monk said, does the one who's not ill look after you? And Dangshan said, I have the opportunity to look after him. And the monk said, how is it when you look after him? Dongshan said, then I don't see that he has any illness. I'm going to read it one more time. When Shan was unwell, a monk asked, you're ill, teacher but is there anything, anyone that does not get ill? Shan said, there is. The monk said, does the one who is not ill look after you? Shan said, I have the opportunity to look after her. And the monk said, how is it when you look after her? Dongshan said, then I don't see that she has any illness. So, In our practice and in Zen, we come back over and over to these two functions of the relative and the absolute. And we are told and we practice and we experience um, how there isn't one without the other. And koans often address this in all different ways. So we understand in this world we live in, there is one who is ill and there is the same one who's not ill. And for me, um, there's a big difference between thinking the one who isn't sick takes care of us and realizing we can be the ones that take care of that one. If we're not waiting to be taken care of by some mysterious non-entity that represents the absolute or all emptiness or all wholeness or oneness or trying to achieve some big idea of emptiness or nirvana, suddenly we honor everything that comes up in our lives and we become active and participate and our lives have value. I think if we think there's some kind of empty state or oneness that we're supposed to exist in, we can become passive uh, like zombies or we may be stuck grasping onto an idea that will never be realized. Because then we're tossing away our own precious reality as it's happening. And we're looking for something outside ourselves that does not exist. So the question is, how is it when you look after the one who is not ill? And I'd say for me, the one who's not ill, looking after that one sounds like Zazen, it sounds like our everyday practice as bodhisattvas. In the commentary after the koan, it says very directly, this is where everyday practice empowers you when you're dying. So how do I take care of the one who isn't going through chemo? Or what is chemo practice? For me, it feels like the whole universe. Sometimes fear for the body, sometimes loving kindness for the body, following the breath, and being as present as I can <clears throat> as the IV goes in, listening to the nurses and doctors, seeing them as human beings. Gratitude for the care I'm able to get, but also taking charge of it. Grateful for the support of my partner and friends and family. Working on learning to accept support. Um, sitting with anxiety, what comes next? Sitting with foggy chemo brain because of the drugs, working to manage side effects. Sometimes just feeling horribly nauseous and Getting more and more winded on the bike, Um, dramatically bald, feeling the fear of losing my fingernails and toenails, and then joyful when something makes me laugh or grateful when something tastes good. And I found quite often relief in being able to sit uh, with, with it all and watch it shift and transform. So using my practice and awareness to notice if I'm shutting down or becoming overwhelmed, which helps me to participate however I can, moment by moment. And the story of the koan goes on to say that Dongshan also asked a monk, when I leave this leaking husk, where will you go to meet me? And the monk had no reply. And Dongshan said in a verse, Though the students are many, not one is enlightened. The mistake lies in pursuing the paths of others' tongues. If you wanna be able to forget physical form and obliterate tracks, (laughs) don't listen to me, (laughs) but work hard to diligently walk in the void. Always a tough question. How do we diligently walk in the void? It can sound like something more complicated or abstract than it is walking in the void, taking care of the one who isn't sick, but we start by sitting on the cushion and Master Dogen, the founder of our lineage tells us, if you wish to attain suchness, practice suchness immediately. And that's simply by sitting with intention, we are actualizing our realization. And then we get up off the cushion and we continue practicing suchness throughout our day. So ironically, I think the way we take care of the one who isn't sick is by being sick. But by doing it um, as much as possible without any sort of uh, extra ideas or resistance or clinging around that because then it becomes something else, something that's happening in the moment that we can't name and that's just arising and that we're responding to. I think working hard to diligently walk in the void can be the same thing as working to live a life that matters. Uh, In our recent study text, Instructions to the Cook, Bernie Glassman reminds us, our Zen practice encourages us to embody the answer. You have to manifest it in your life, in your everyday relationships, in the marketplace, at work, as well as in the temple or meditation hall. And I'd add that you manifest it in the midst of old age, sickness, and death. Glassman says, Our practice is about coming to the realization that all things are nothing but expressions of myself. And myself is nothing but the full expression of all things. And then it's a life without limits. Bernie also says that every moment we simply take the ingredients at hand and make the best meal we can. It doesn't matter how much or how little we have or how healthy or sick we are, I'd say. The Zen cook just looks at what is available and starts with that. How do we take care of the one who isn't sick? How about the one who isn't dying or the one who isn't scared or depressed or joyful or happy? Bernie Glassman says, for the supreme meal, your own life is the greatest gift you can receive and the greatest offering you can make by being sick, by being sad, by being scared, by being brave, by being joyful, whatever it is, as it is in each moment. And the expression is unique for each of us, not knowing what will come up, but honoring it and giving it compassion and care and fully experiencing it so we can be ready for the changing reality of the next moment. And we start by being present and taking care. Or as Joshin Roshi said the other morning, by radically guarding our attention. Our practice teaches us to pay attention over and over again, to come back to this moment. To notice that last moment is gone and now we're here in this moment. So huddling together around the altar or around the computer screen and sharing service positions as we perfectly, imperfectly offer ourselves in service is one way we do it. Chanting our morning gathas or our evening gathas. In our morning work gatha, we chant part of the Heart Sutra um, with the Mahaprajna Paramita gatha. I found a translation from the Dalai Lama. Gate gate, paragate, parsam gate, bodhisvaha. Dalai Lama says in Sanskrit, Gate Gate means go go. Paragate means go beyond. Parsam gate means go totally beyond. Bodhisvaha can be read as be rooted in the ground of enlightenment. Thus, the entire mantra can be translated as. Go, go, go beyond, go totally beyond, be rooted in the ground of enlightenment. And he says we can interpret this mantra metaphorically to read Go to the other shore, which is to say, abandon this shore of samsara, unenlightened existence, which has been our home since beginningless time, and cross to the other shore of final nirvana, complete liberation. Another translation is, going, going to the other side, blessed awakening. That's the simpler Zen translation. I think, gate, gate, parsam gate, gone to the other side is happening moment by moment. I'm feeling it in the extreme right now, um, as my current transforming is particularly dramatic. But sometimes on my bike ride over the bridge, I understand it as gone, gone, where am I now? Or gone, gone, let's see what's here on the other side now. And here we are already. So when we stop and allow ourselves to be still and present, the idea of where we are, where we're supposed to be, drops away. And our arrival in the new moment can be transformative. We can hear the echo of, of taking care of the one who isn't ill when we chant the full heart sutra, which we'll do we do after um, the talk on Sundays and on retreat and in Zazankai. Form is no other than emptiness, emptiness no other than form. Form is exactly emptiness, emptiness exactly form. No old age and death, no end to old age and death. In Enkyo Roshi's book, Most Intimate, she expresses this taking care in this way. She says, When we think of joy, we think of a buoyant upward moving feeling of delight, pleasure, and appreciation. We may associate joy with happy things, with falling in love or with getting what we want, but actually there's a deeper, more resonant, soulful feeling, the joy of life, no matter what the circumstances. Of course, I wish I wasn't finding myself in these circumstances. But it doesn't change the fact that this is what I'm going through right now, in this moment. And pushing it away or clinging to the horror of it doesn't help. Roshi writes that she believes it is our resistance to what is right here, right now, that blocks the natural flow of joy. She says, you could even say that it is the search for joy that brings us to practice meditation. We might call it something else freedom from our fear, our anxiety, our obsessions, our sadness, or our grasping. Yet if we go a little deeper, we may find that the key to our liberation from our fears is getting really close to ourselves, finding our own being deep within, the one who is not afraid, anxious, or grasping, the one who is simply here now, the one who spontaneously experiences joy in the ordinary stream of life. How do we get in touch with that deepest, clearest, most intimate self? Isn't it through the practice of stopping, breathing, bringing our heart-mind back to this breath, this reality, whatever it may be? So here's my chemo gotha. Riding across the bridge, the path narrows, my chest heaves, my heart pounds. There's construction work ahead. Then arriving in Chinatown, where's Fushou now? Oh.